1: A ghost story set during World War I.
2: Plus our distraction of the week. I'm Mel.
1: I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time.
2: Before I talk about a new book set in Prague, a tiny history lesson. Okay. After World War II, Czechoslovakia was a communist country. It was not part of the Soviet Union, but it was behind the Iron Curtain.
1: I feel like from the perspective of my U.S. education, that's a thin slice.
2: Yes, but it's an important one, yeah. and we're going to see why in a minute. Okay. Then in the late 1960s, there was a period called the Prague Spring. The rules loosened up a little bit. The Beach Boys played here. You could listen to the Beatles. You could wear blue jeans. It was called socialism with a face.
1: All of this is sort of beautifully illustrated in the children's book, The Wall, from Peter Sis. Which is still one of the best books I've read about that era.
2: I really love that book, too. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. In August of 1968, when all of this nice, lovely Prague Spring stuff was going on, the Soviet Union decided it had enough of these long hair, good-time hippies. Yep. And the Soviet Union invaded. Yes. After that, Czechoslovakia returned to a more repressive flavor of communism until 1989, when the regime changed for good. The book Strawberry Fields by Patrick D. Joyce begins on August 20th, 1968, the day the tanks rolled into Prague.
1: The Moody Blues are here that day.
2: (laughs) They were. Yeah. Stuck at the airport. Yeah. This story opens just before dawn on the Charles Bridge. Our heroine Josie Brukova, a reporter from Toronto, is waiting in the fog to meet a contact known to her only as... The Shrouded Man. Wow. But the cops show up before he can explain why he summoned her. And as he makes his escape, he says to Josie, I am the walrus. And then, go to the Café Screech, listen. The playwright will understand. Trust no one else.
1: That's a lot of mysterious leads there.
2: I keep waiting to have a conversation like that on the Charles Bridge. It is not happening.
1: Yeah. We keep showing up, though.
2: So, Josie gets snagged by the authorities. And as they drive toward the station, she sees tanks and soldiers everywhere. The Soviet army has taken over the city.
1: Yeah, it's a bad time.
2: And Josie finds herself at the heart of dangerous political machinations. In just 150 tight pages, this story weaves together breathless chases, cryptic clues, acts of brave stupidity and A Little Romance. It's also an excellent tour of Prague landmarks, including Old Town Square and the famous Café Slavia. And throughout, there are references to the works of Lewis Carroll, Franz Kafka, and The Beatles. Patrick Joyce, the author, is a former reporter. And he grew up in embassies full of diplomats and spies because his father was a foreign service officer and Soviet expert. Wow. Yeah. They lived in Moscow, the Philippines, Myanmar, Germany, Cuba, and Nicaragua.
1: (laughs) Jeez. That's like a hit list of hotspots over the last 50 years.
2: It really is. I'm a little envious. Yeah. I guess in a pretend way. (laughs) This is the second book in the Sing and Shout series, but it's a great place to start because it's a prequel to the first book, which was called Back in the USSR. That one is set in Moscow at the height of the Cold War. Patrick, the author told me that the next book in the series takes place on a train between Moscow, Leningrad, and Helsinki. I am already excited about that. Yeah. If you enjoy a little espionage set in romantic Cold War locations populated with upstanding heroes who make delightfully dangerous decisions, you will like these books. This one is Strawberry Fields by Patrick D. Joyce, and it's out now. If you wanted to do a little Prague Spring reading project, you could read this book, *The Wall* by Peter Sis, which Dave mentioned, and *Prague Spring* by Simon Moore. You can listen to our Prague episode to learn all about those and why the Moody Blues were stuck in Prague. I'll put links to all of that in the show notes.
1: Catherine Arden is the author of *The Bear and the Nightingale*.
2: You talked about that book in one of our strong sense of place episodes. I did.
1: I talked about it for forests. Oh,
2: that's right.
1: Yeah, it's a story about the daughter of a woman who might be a witch. And it's got a very strong fairy tale vibe to it. It's set in the deep and dark woods of Russia. She has a new book out. It's called The Warm Hands of Ghosts. It's a World War I story. A sister hears that her brother is missing and presumed dead. She receives his personal effects. Something doesn't make sense to her. So she decides to go to the battlefields of Belgium as a volunteer at a private hospital. She's going to go look for him.
2: That is a very daring decision.
1: It is, yeah. The book alternates back and forth between her story and her brother's harrowing tale. It has a strong sense of Flanders and some paranormal elements. It blends rich history and gothic fairy tale. If you like The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, you might enjoy this. The early reviews have been great. It just came out this week. It's The Warm Hands of Ghosts by Katherine Arden. And now, our distraction of the week. This week, I was distracted by a list I found on the National Geographic site. The list is called 10 Unmissable Events Worth Traveling for in 2024. I doubt anybody on earth will attend all 10 events.
2: Oh, I think we could try.
1: It would make for a fantastic year. One of the stops, is an ultra marathon through 143 miles of the Manu National Park in Peru. Wow. Yeah.
2: Do you have to run or can you just go?
1: You could probably just go.
2: Eat snacks and watch.
1: Yeah. We'll watch participants trail run through cloud forests and Andean grasslands and rainforest and cross river after river over five days. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Previous marathoners have given the event high marks for being well run, but also described the race as, quote, unpredictable and relentless.
2: <laughs> that sounds about right.
1: Yeah. That's in early June. It's supposed to be hot and humid. They advertise that as a feature. <laughs> as a participant, that would be a big no for me. Same. Also on National Geographic's list is a swim across the Bosphorus in Istanbul.
2: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. So usually that straight there, the one splitting Asia and Europe, has very busy shipping lanes. But three days every year, they close it to traffic so that a couple thousand people can swim from one continent to another.
2: Oh, that sounds so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a four-mile swim with a party at the end, and that's in August.
2: I don't know if I can be ready for that by August.
1: I have faith in you. We can do it.
2: Oh, you're going to do it too? You're going to swim four miles? No,
1: in no way. I'm going to watch.
2: Eat a kebab. <laughs>
1: yeah. Also on the list are the Tango World Cup in Argentina, which I'm definitely participating in, a street <laughs> art festival in the UK, and a kite festival in India. But the one that got my attention most was a bike ride across Kenya. <laughs> It's 310 miles, or 500K, over seven days, with 60 other cyclists. It's through a national reserve. They have unprecedented access. Typically, you can't get out of your car at this reserve.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: You start at a lake known for its herds of flamingos and ride through a savanna that houses elephants, lions, giraffes, and gazelles.
2: What about cheetahs? Pretty sure a cheetah can run faster than I can ride a
1: bike. <laughs> Presumably they have ways of managing that, but I'm not sure. There's a, a video of one of the previous participants saying they had a Zebra run alongside the tour for 10 minutes.
2: Oh, that gave me tears in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. You stay in luxury accommodations along the way. It is a fully supported ride with meals and mechanics and medical aid. And it's all for a good cause. It's a charity event to support Child.org, a nonprofit that helps children and their mothers in sub-Saharan Africa. Fees are about $3,500 a person, and they do the ride twice a year, once in February and once in November. I do not know who is doing all 10 of these unmissable events, but if you're out there, have fun storming the castle.
2: Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more on the books we talked about today and the unmissable events of 2024.
1: Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself.
2: Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon.